Well, good morning. Boy, it is a great morning. I love this. I really don't like cold weather that much, but one thing is for sure, it is going to be a whole lot harder for you to fall asleep when it's about 65 degrees in here. So that's that's the way I like it. You know, if we get up to 75, you might start um, uh, falling asleep and snoring. I might start falling asleep and snoring, and that probably would make for a bad 45, 50 minutes. So maybe we can go a little bit shorter than that and maybe talk a little bit about these prepositions that we started off last week. For those of you uh, who may remember, we uh, used the preposition above, and I'm going to include in that over. Uh, we talked about those last week, and when I say we talked about, I do mean that we talked about that, and we're going to continue that uh, in the coming few minutes is that we're going to have a collaborative discussion uh, over these next uh, few prepositions. Now, I just have to let you know that um, this method uh, of, of teaching uh, I find really exciting, but also very nerve-wracking, to be completely honest with you. Um, I've tried to study and identify some, some scriptures that I hope will illuminate some of the places that we're going to end up, but um, I don't know exactly the path that we're going to take. I mean, I do feel confident of where we're going to end up, but there are some places that we might travel through along the way uh, and end up going through um, a discussion that I'm not really comfortable with. But that's how our walk with Jesus goes is that we don't always know where we're going. And that's tough for me because I like checklists. I like turn-by-turn -turn directions. And I like detailed itineraries. That's just what makes me feel comfortable. So there's a chance that over the next few minutes we're going to go down a place that I'm not really familiar with. And I will try not to be like the GPS on my dashboard that often tells me, take a legal U-turn as soon as you can, and will continue to repeat that. You might hear me blurt that out, like, no, no, this is not where I want to go, but I'm just going to do my best, and I'm going to let it ride. So, as we mentioned last week, I just want to remind you once again that please be conscientious of others. If you often talk or, or talk often, please give other people a chance to share what they have to say. And if you often remain silent, please give those talkers a break so that you can fill in that silence that makes all of us so very uncomfortable. And lastly, don't be afraid of sharing something that others might not think of or even agree with. Because this is what we call learning. So in just a minute, I'm going to hand this over to you, and I'm going to give you an opportunity to talk about some prepositions that I have behind me. That was supposed to be a joke. Because I just learned what prepositions mean, and so I'm really excited every time I get to use one. But before we do any of that, before I say anything and before you say anything, I just want to open this up and ask God to speak through our time together. And so let's spend a moment in prayer.
Father God, you are a good God. And as we discussed last week and as we've seen throughout our lives, that you, you are above us and you are over us. Uh, but that's not the only place that you reside. And so, Lord, as we continue this conversation of where you are and, and how you encounter us in our lives, I just I pray uh, that we will sense, feel, and, and listen to your spirit as it's working. And so for these next few minutes, I pray this will be about you and your glory and your word and your truth will be shared. It's in the name of Jesus that I pray. Amen. So I have to tell you real quickly, um, last week um, I decided I was going to um, put new grips on Lily's golf clubs. So Mike, you'll probably get a big kick out of this so I, I, I bought these these grips and and I don't know if you're familiar with the process I was not I was not I'll tell you but I figured I can figure it out and so Lily and I went out there we we tore off the old grips uh, we we got the tape and we put it on and then you put this solution on and so I got out the little squirt bottle and I kind of squirted it on there and and we have like 12 of these to do and I'm excited I get that first one on and and, and you know it's just supposed to slide right on right so you could put and I got to push that I'm like and it, it didn't slide near as much as I thought it was well I said well I just I need to I need to push harder. That's, and I, I mean, I start to get this thing on, and like, I start feeling things like tensing up in my body that shouldn't. I'm like, I'm at an age where I have to be careful, about, right, Brett? Like, you never know what, you can pull a hammy, doing, and I'm like, and I try, and we get about three quarters on, and I, there is no way this thing is going on any further. Like, I'm pretty sure, like, I strained my eyeball, I was twitching, and she was just like, what's wrong here? And then it was like, okay, now it's like, okay, we have to hurry and get this thing off, because if I can't get this thing back off, it's on halfway, three-quarters away, this is not going to work. Like, the end was, like, floppy. I was like, we've got to do something about this. So we finally get that thing back off. I mean, I'm, I'm not joking. I, I was just covered in sweat. I mean, just like one is, I don't know what to do. So... I finally decided I would do what any smart person would do. I went on YouTube. <laughs> I went on you, and I don't know why the people provided me with this cute little squirt bottle, because you don't use the squirt bottle. I watched a guy do it. He doused, he poured stuff all over the the shaft. He put it all in there, and I was like, okay, I'm gonna try. It. We go out there again, and this time I'm ready. I'm like, okay, this is gonna be tough, but I think I can do this. And I go, this goes, it just pops right on. It took like all of two seconds. I thought, oh my goodness. Like all, all of a sudden, like I, it's just like the clouds parted and there was like this ray of sunshine and I heard angels. Oh, and I thought, I can do this. And we were able to do the next 10 clubs faster than we were able to get the one halfway on and try to get that pulled off again. And see, the thing was, the thing was, is that somebody had done it before me now we call ourselves christians and we call ourselves believers but what else what's another term that we refer to ourselves as we are what of christ we are children that's not the word i'm looking for we'll keep going we are followers so what does it mean what does it imply if you're a follower what does that mean that somebody has gone before you. 
And that's what we're going to talk about this morning. I'm going to include a couple of prepositions. I'm going to use that word so many times. One, because it's fun to say. And two, I know what it means. I feel so empowered to say, I know that that's a preposition. Before and ahead. So, before you get too far ahead, <laughs> it's... I just, man, I don't know, I, I, was, I could not wait to use that one. Before we get too far ahead, I want us to define those words. You can, you can use a grammatical term, you can speak in a literary sense, or you could just give an example of this. Let's talk, though, you talk about the prepositions about how God is before and God is ahead. You go. Okay, so now we're going to talk about time, chronology. He was here before me, okay? So, in, in fact, we, we talked about this earlier in, in our prayer. God was in here before we were in here. So what does that also mean? That when we go out there, God is out there before, right? And so that means that we are following where God goes because we are followers, we're not trailblazers. We're not in the thicket with our machetes trying to say, how do we get through this? We are following one who has gone before and one that has gone ahead. Okay, so what else? Help me kind of unpack these, these two words, before and ahead. Yeah, that, that the early church took a lot of solace in the fact, I'm trying to use your words because you said it better than I could, of how Jesus went before us, he faced death before us. Okay, so just quickly going back to the golf club analogy, if somebody says, hey, Doug, can you help me, you know, re-grip the clubs? I can say, absolutely, of course, why? Because I've done it before, Right? The, the first 30 minutes of blood, sweat, and tears of thinking like, what have I just done, right? All could have been saved if I called Mike and said, hey, Mike, I've never done this before. What do I need to do? And Mike can say, I have done this before. This is what you need to do, right? And so this idea of having gone before means that it's, it's not something that has never happened. It's something that, that God has done before. And so, if we're going to take this analogy a little further, and I know this seems like a stretch, but should we be afraid of death? Why not? Because Jesus has done it before. He says, I know what it is. I know what death is. And he says, I know what happens after death. And he says, here, let me tell you something. Here's what happens after death. Life. Real life. Life to the fullest. Life everlasting. But in order to get to that life, you have to go through the death. Don't be afraid of the death. I have what? I have been there before. And I have gone ahead of you. Okay, so let's talk a little bit more. Tell me something else about these, these prepositions, about God is both ahead and he is before. 
You look at my notes beforehand. You were cheating. You came up here and looked, didn't you? Because the, the pillar of cloud and the pillar of fire both went before. And so this is not just chronology. It's like geographically God has gone on before. He is ahead of them. He, he leads them and says, this is the direction in which you need to go. That God is before us. Not, not just in the sense that he's, he's way up there in the distance. He is, he is just ahead of us. Like, again, I'll go back to this GPS, right? You're going down the road. And, and when you get near the turn in which you're supposed to take, what, is the, what does the lady on the GPS say? She says, there's a, a right turn ahead. She doesn't mean... There's a right turn in 200 miles, right? So when I head back home and I get on I-20 and I start driving east towards Arlington, Dallas area, at some point I am going to turn left and I'm going to go north. I have to drive about 300 miles east and then I'm going to turn left and go north for about a mile and a half and then my than where I grew up is right there. When I get on I-20, guess what the GPS does not say? Turn left ahead. Why, why would it say that? Because ahead implies close proximity. So that when we talk about God is ahead of us, it's not like he's so far off that we can't see him or we don't know where he is. He's just ahead of us. He's taking these steps and we're following right behind him. Because he's just, he's before us. He's right ahead of us. And we just follow him like the Israelites did in the desert. What else? Okay, God knew us and loved us before we were born. There's a lot of you. I'm just, I'm just a, a happy, clueless person. And it is easy for me to love people. Probably a little too easy. Like, I just, I just love people. I'm just like the little puppy dog that's just looking up there like, can we be friends? Right? But then you get to know somebody a little bit, right? Sometimes the dog gets kicked a few times and you think, oh, maybe I should stay away from that person. Right? God knew you. And he knew the mistakes, the sins, the brokenness, the thoughts that you haven't even made yet. And he says, I still love you. I still love you even before the beginning of time. While we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. That's what Paul says in Romans chapter 5. How important is it for us to be reminded that God loved us before we got everything together and showed up this morning? Because a lot of you guys, like, I'm, I don't want to brag on you too much because you get the big heads and everything, but you guys really look like you have it put together. I mean, you're dressed nice. I mean, you're all sitting still. There's no one screaming and yelling. I mean, y'all are 
you look like you're put together. God loved you before you had your junk together. When you were still a mess, God loved you. Anything else? Okay, so, so God had the understanding of where you were going to be before you even got there. You know, we have a God who goes before us and a God who is ahead of us. We can talk about it in different terms, but one of the things we know that when we talk about God being ahead of us is that He is fur, further forward in space, in, in, in geography. And John is going to, to remind us in the 10th chapter, as Jesus is talking to the people, He says, look, I am the good shepherd. And listen to what He says. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. When he has brought out all of his own, he goes on ahead of them. And his sheep follow him because they know his voice. I'm sure most of you have probably heard the old preacher story of these guys on this this tour bus and they're sitting down and they're driving through this uh, this hillside over in the Middle East and and they're all excited about learning about uh, how uh, what applies uh, to the the Bible is found throughout the Middle East and they're they're driving along and they look out there and they see uh, this this flock of sheep and behind it is this uh, uh, this guy and he's yelling and he's screaming and he's hitting the sheep and he's pushing them all along. And they, they slow down, and one of the tourists raises his hands, and he says to the guy, he says, he goes, this isn't right. You know, all this time I thought a, a shepherd is the one who goes ahead. You know, he guides and he leads. And he says, but this guy, he's at the back. He's, he's pushing him. I thought it was, you know, out of love that he follows, not out of fear that they're driven. And the guy says, you got it all wrong. The guide says, that's not a shepherd. That's the butcher. <laughs> We have to remember that, that Jesus goes before us. He is the one who leads the way. And, and we follow. We're, we don't follow because we're afraid, because he's back behind us pushing us. He's not driving us. He's leading us. And for a shepherd, it meant that he was the one, the point of the spear, the one who would take on any dangers. He would look out and see the terrain and know where to take them. And he would lead them to places where they would not be in want. That sounds familiar, doesn't it? That's what a God who is before really means. I love this. As I was looking up the definitions of before uh, and ahead, it says uh, further forward in space in the line of one's forward motion. Think about that. To be ahead means that is a place in which you will get to. It's not off to the side. It's where you are going. That is what is before. That is what is ahead. And you see, for the bleeding woman in Mark chapter 5, there was nothing ahead of her. 
there was nothing ahead of her. Twelve years, she had been suffering. Instead of getting better, she got worse. She spent all the money that she had on doctors, and she was hopeless. And there was nothing in front of her. There was nothing ahead of her. But then... Jesus comes into the picture. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and she touched his cloak because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. So if she's behind him, where does that place Jesus? Ahead, before her. And so for the first time in her life, she has a reason to go forward. She had nothing in her future until she realized that God was just ahead. But she had to maintain forward motion. She had to start walking. Working her way through that crowd to believe that what was ahead of her was worth the risk that she was going to take. The shame, the humiliation, the punishment, possibly even disappointment. But she continued on. I love the idea that if we keep going, we will encounter God. You know, the Israelites were in a similar situation as they were preparing to cross over the Jordan. And God understood their fear because he understands us. He made us. And so as they're getting ready to cross over the Jordan, they're really afraid. And he tells Joshua, he says, tell the people to consecrate themselves and get ready because we're about to go across. Now listen to this. He says to to Joshua and Joshua is going to tell the priest He says, take up the Ark of the Covenant and pass ahead on ahead of the people. So that they took it up and they went ahead of them. Then Joshua said, this is how you will know that I am the living God. And how I am among you. And that I will certainly drive out before you the Canaanites, Hittites, Hivites, Perizzites, Girgashites, Amorites, and Jebusites. See, the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord will go into the Jordan ahead of you. Now, I don't know if I pronounce most of those names right. I probably got most of them wrong. Although I just love saying Gergeshites. I just love the, the idea of God saying, I'm going on before you. See, we don't know all of our enemy that's ahead of us. We can't pronounce it, but we know it's out there. And we're standing there at the Jordan saying, do I dare go? And God says, guess what? I want you to see this ark. It's going to pass in front of you, and it's going to go before you. It's ahead of you. So when you step on this land, I have already been there. And I know a lot of you have anxiety about tomorrow. What's going to happen? Jobs, marriages, children, the economy, raising children, raising grandchildren. What's the future going to hold? I don't know. But if you worship a God who is before and a God who is ahead, 
the moment you step into tomorrow, you can know he's already there. He's there through your struggles and your heartaches, and you can say, I don't know what's going on, but I want you to know that God is already there. Now, next week, we're going to have fun because we're going to talk about how God is among. And that's an exciting idea. But before we get there, I just want you to be thinking about the importance of having a God who goes before. Don't let your anxiety convince you that you or y'all are lost or that he isn't there and hasn't been there. Don't try to get ahead of God. Keep him before you. You need him. And he wants you. That's the God who goes before and the God who is ahead. And so this morning, I want to encourage you to put that in your heart. And remember that through your anxieties and your hurts, we have a God who is before us and ahead of us. And as we follow him, he continues to lead us. Please join me this morning as we stand and sing our song of invitation.